This episode of the Open Guard Cast is brought to you by EUG Promotions. EUG just announced its fourth event, which is going to take place on March 19th, 2022. It's going to be a 180-pound super fight bracket, something we're really looking forward to. All the events have been amazing so far, so definitely stay tuned. We're going to release some more details as the event gets closer. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Check out EUG, and we hope you guys enjoy this next episode. I got Richard Noguera with me today. Um, he's currently the number two ranked featherweight in the IBJJF. He won a ton of tournaments in 2021, really put his name on the map. I think a lot of people started noticing him a lot more, and he came on the radar in that year. And uh, and yeah, he won American Nationals, a bunch of IBJJF Open tournaments. So thank you so much, Richard, for joining me. I really appreciate it. No, thank you all for inviting me to do this podcast. I really appreciate y'all. Yeah, absolutely. So usually I start asking the guests about like their background in jiu-jitsu and how they got started, but I kind of want to switch it up this episode and ask you about the Worlds to start because it's a tournament that everyone was really looking forward to and they were everyone was really excited when it was announced and it came back in December for the first time in two year, over two and a half years. So do you want to talk about your experience at the Worlds this year in December? Yeah, sure. Um, so this Worlds was kind of... Um, for most of the people, it was kind of like in a rush because nobody knew it. This is going to happen at Worlds. And then like, oh, my God, Worlds going to happen. And um, so I got super excited. But I was training. Like all the COVID situation, I was training. So I feel really, really prepared for me. So I, I wasn't in a rush. So I just, of course, just adjust a little details here and there and and go for it. And I was so excited because the bracket was looking insane. So yeah, I really... That- your bracket really, was crazy. <laughs> yeah, the featherweight is always like really crazy. So have people that already fought before, people that never fought before, and and I was looking for just to fight them again or and fight new people. So for me, preparing was really exciting. Fighting was really exciting, and um, and I'm looking forward now to see the 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 next one is gonna be maybe in June, right? People are talking about the yeah, I heard the, possibly uh, June or July, so coming up really quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but definitely this worlds was was uh, interesting for me because the last worlds that I did was my first one. I did a good fight. I did one fight with uh, Cole Frenson, which I already fought with him a bunch of times, and it was really really tough. And then the second fight. I fought with Marshandre, which is was really really tough too. This is the guy that I always watch videos and keep like spying on him and and all that. And now I'm fighting with him, which is was awesome. Um, and this year, it could be different. I was fighting people that I always watch um, in YouTube, always trying to learn something from them. And now I'm there just competing against them. That was really really cool. Yeah, you had some really awesome fights. I definitely want to ask you more about those. But you mentioned that it was like kind of it kind of felt rushed the worlds because it was probably announced maybe like three months before it happened, maybe less. Yeah. So do you think that maybe changed like some of the outcomes of the event and didn't give people enough time to prepare? Did you think it was it was fine? Yeah. No, I think I think that was kind of uh, good for 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 us because it's kind of selective for those that don't train much and for those that always training, they train for life. They don't train for the tournament. I think the people that was there, the people that was ready, the people that was, uh, you know, like ready to fight worlds, they is those that always train. They always train and they don't train because of that tournament. They, they always training. They always working. That's, that's what they do in their lives. You know what I mean? So it's kind of select a little bit. In my opinion, it's select a little bit for those that just train, for a, for the specific tournament, and because I trained for life, I I think I was ready for it. 
Yeah, that's a really good point. Like the people who train like professionally and are training year round, they're always ready. So it didn't didn't really matter for them. That's a good point. Yeah. So, so do you want to talk about some of the matches that you had? Because you had some really, really good matches. Um, my favorite one was the one with Gabriel Souza. But if you want to talk about your run at the Worlds, that'd be great. <laughs> so, yeah, at the, uh, on the first one, uh, I fought um, with the guy that I already fought before, like a, a bunch of times. And I kind of, like, underestimated him a little bit. I was going just, okay, I'm just going to do a warm-up fight. But this year, he was a little stronger, so it kind of gave him a hard time a little bit. But thank God I, I, got, I got the win. The second one, I knew it's going to be tough already with Gabriel Souza. Uh, he's a very explosive guy. He's kind of short, and I have long legs. I'm a little taller than him, so um, it, it would be a little bit different. But... Um, I knew he gonna try to pass my guard, and I was ready to um, to defend that and try to to play bottom game with him. And that's exactly what happened. He's he started playing top game with me, and I could manage a good guard. Um, and then I could manage the the points with him. But like I said, he's very explosive. It's really really hard to control him in front of me. But uh, like I said, I was I was training really good. I know what I, what I'm doing. I know I'm ready for it. And and I could I could do a a, a good fight and uh, I got the win. Even like it, it was it was close match. It wasn't like okay I beat Gabriel Souza. You know what I mean? It was close match because this level that we are like those small details would change the the result of the fight. But um, yeah, thank God I I got the win. Yeah, and awesome the, win. on the on the next fight I was against um, uh, Fabrice Andre. Which is a guy that never fought before. The, he was the the, the champion. Uh, same way, I I pull guard. I knew he gonna be passing, um, and I was ready to to start defending him. But commit one little mistake, which is he already like kick my leg and passing, get it three points, and to don't let him stay there because he really really like strong on, on like on side control. He doesn't lose much position. Once he get yeah. in position, he finishes, and. I turned my back, gave him the back to to get out of the side control. He he scored four points again. But me and my teammates, we we work a lot of specific trains from mounts, from back control, from from close guard, those simple basic uh, positions. So we gotta be solid on our basic. And I could escape. And then I looked at the time; it was still like seven minutes, six minutes to go. But yeah, yeah, I can, I can, I can do this. So after that, it was it was a good fight, but I couldn't catch up the points, and he ended up winning by I think it was seven four. Yeah, just got the 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 those three pass these three points from the pass. That was a really good match. Yeah, that was an awesome match. I was like front row for that one. I also was like right on the barricade for the Gabriel Souza match, so that was awesome too. So definitely, if you guys haven't watched those matches, go back and watch them on Flow Grappling. But what did you think about the rest of the the featherweight division? I know you fought Fabricio, who ended up winning. Um, what was your opinion on how the rest of that bracket played out? So looking at him, I think in Worlds, I believe a lot in the in the day. Like some people, they wake up and they wake up as a world champion. Like that day, it can happen everything. They're going to still winning. Like uh, mistakes will happen, but I don't know what is going on with them. They always win. You know what <laughs> I mean? And that, that day was for Bruce. And... He he did a, a tough fight with with the, the, his other opponents, and he ended up winning. And you can you, we we can already like 
see a very good example with the finals, like Jamil. Nobody should meet that guy. He's really yeah. good. I already fought him with once in Worlds and at the finals in Brown Belt. It was uh, it was it was very technical fight. Like I think it was four two for him, and I had a bunch of advantage in front of him, but I couldn't sweep him. I couldn't couldn't do the the last two points. Very very hard to submit him. If you see his his background, nobody likes to submit him. The guy's really really good. And then Fabricio in less than like I don't know like a minute minute and something, yeah. he pulls him a guard and just throw him up and finish him. So that's what I, that's what I mean. Like that was his day. You know what I mean? He did a good tournament. Of course, he was prepared. He's really good, but that was his day. Like everything could happen, but happened in towards him. Yeah, he did great. It was pretty cool to watch someone who it was making his black belt debut make it so far and end up winning the tournament. I think it's cool to see that that kind of proves to me how far jiu-jitsu is coming that like someone who's making their black belt debut is already on that level so it's pretty cool yeah so did you have any other thoughts on on the worlds like on any of the other divisions or anything that you thought was really cool that happens um honestly i was really focused on mine but just on yourself uh, yeah that makes sense yeah <laughs> i i was the one competing so i really want to focus on mine but my 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 teammates uh like Hibamar, he was he was super ready for it, and like I said, when when it's not your day, you can be you can be the favorite guy there. If it's not your day, you 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 don't you don't go for it. You know what I mean? You don't win. And I think he was super super ready for it, but it wasn't it wasn't his day. But he was one of the guys that that I th that I thought's gonna win. Um, my my other teammate Tiago, that's another guy. He just won pants. Yep. And he couldn't pass in the first fight, you know. So I think it was a very surprise for me too. Uh, on the on the light featherweight, Diego Pato did an awesome performance, winning the like all the matches like really really easy for me. It looks easy, like he fought really easy, and he cut weight real good. And he always he always uh, he he's always ready on the. On the worlds, he was like it was his day. He was super ready, so I think he he was the the one that I was watching, and I got really impressed with with his performance. Yeah, he did awesome. I was really looking forward to his fight with Fabricio on or uh, not Fabricio with uh, Mayrum Alves. That was, oh, that yeah, was a good yeah, fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a fun one. Awesome. So yeah, the worlds was cool. I was really excited to ha see it come back and to watch you compete. And I think, like you said, it's gonna be cool to see if it comes back in six months. So we'll get another world yeah. champion really soon. <laughs> but I want to take yeah. a step back now and just talk about um, your background in jiu-jitsu and kind of how you got started, like, originally in the sport. So I I am from Sao Carlos, which is a small city inside the state, Sao Paulo. Um, and there is a, is a uh, uni like university city, have two public universities in Brazil. Is, uh, when is universities, uh, public universities, um, public school, Mm -hmm. It's really hard to 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 enjoy it. So you have to make a task and everything. So it's really hard. So it's really really big school. So the people that go there to train, whenever they they have in school, they they stay there. Whenever there's no no classes, they go back down. Um, so I couldn't I couldn't stay there like a professionally, you know, because whenever they have classes, I have train. Whenever I don't, I don't have train. So I have to move to Sao Paulo, the big city. That was when I, 
I started training with uh, Cicero Costa. I, I got there when I was purple belt. So I, I was Atos since I started with Professor uh, Alexandre. And then I, I, read, I went all the way to purple. And as soon as I got a purple after three months, me and my professor, like, it wasn't like something like, hey, I got to leave. No, he said, hey, man, if you want to, you know, if you want to take this serious, I think you should move on. I think you should go for a better place. And uh, he and my, 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 my dad, we went to Sao Paulo, asked uh, uh, Sister Costa if I could just stay there. And then I was staying in an athlete's house or just staying in the gym, whatever, just training, which was a, the best decision that I did in my life. Um, and then I stayed there at Sister for like three, uh, four years, four or five years. And I got the black belt there. As, after one year in the black belt, um, I, feel, I feel like I had to move to USA. And because we have no nobody here, which is like uh, Cicero Costa, so I had to move the team. So I went to Dallas training with the SIA, the Sharp United Academy. Um, I competed a bunch of tournaments that time. That's when I, I got up a, a little bit on the, on the ranking. They were supporting me real good money-wise, and, and I got good trains there because I was bringing friends from Brazil to train with me, so I was, I was winning um, a bunch of tournaments in there, and then it didn't work out, the, the visa thing, so I got a, I had to go back in Brazil. I was training in Rio. I had a girlfriend at the time. I was training there in Rio, and, and I have a blast there, but uh, Hiba just called me, hey, man, what you doing there in Brazil? And I'm like, oh, man, just training. All right, what you doing to come here? Uh, let's try. And I give it him a try. He bought me a ticket, which is really nice of him. <laughs> and just came to San Antonio. And it was it was great, man. Like the team here is really good. Like the train is really good. The the people is really nice. Everybody here is Christian. Uh, it's like no no guys trying to hit on a girl. So you don't have all this this bull crap happening here. Just everybody focusing their job, focusing on their training, which is really awesome to train because you don't have the, those distractions. You know what I mean? Just focus on yourself or focus on your work or focus on your, on your jiu-jitsu. So that was, was pretty good. And I hope to stay here for, like, forever. And now I just opened up my gym, too, which represented Rodrigo Pinheiro, too. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's a good start. Yeah, that's amazing. So who were some of the guys you trained with at Cicero's? Because that's, like, a gym that obviously a lot of amazing competitors came out of. So, like, I think you said three yeah, or four years so you trained when there. I was, yeah, when I was purple belt um, – I think everybody was there. Miao Brothers was there. Diego Pato was there. Um, Borel, Talisson Soares, Natielli, Hibamar. Everybody was from there, right? Like we yeah. did a, it wasn't separate. But um, and then um, the Brotherhood came, right? The Leandro mm -hmm. Lowe was separate. So a couple of the the heavy guys went with him, which Hibamar went went with him too. Uh, Natielli stays there with us, so I was training a lot with Natielli. With Pato, it was almost every single day. Um, the Miao brothers too, and then they they have to go to to New York to train with uh, Unity with Murilla, and they started you know like people start getting leaving, leaving, leaving. I was the one leaving too, but we always get together for Pans, for Worlds, for Europeans. We always get together to train, so. Uh, luckily, I got to train with all those guys, which is what was really, really important in my career. I learned a lot from them, and I don't regret a bit. Like, it was really, really, really good, really important for me.
Yeah, that's awesome. And you mentioned Hebamar, one of the guys you trained with, helped you get to Texas. Um, so what was yeah. it like, like a, adapting to living in the U.S. and living in Texas? Because it's probably a lot different than Sao Paulo. Oh yeah, yeah. So in Sao Paulo, I was living, you know, like I said, in a in an athlete's house. All the boys, like seven, eight boys, living in a one room. Like we wow. could, like you know, the, the beds like one on top of the other. The bunk beds, and we, yeah. Like, yeah, we just living there, and some guys on the on the floor. I was the one living on the floor at that time. I'd rather be on the floor. Do I have to go up and down on the <laughs> on the beds? And so for me, that was fun. That was really really cool. It was important for me to pass like that that rough time, and then come to USA. Thank God, Hebo was already like uh, kind of stable. Mm-hmm. Uh, money wise he had his own gym um him and nachi was was doing great already like on his uh, jiu-jitsu career so they could afford afford me like giving me a um like a, a good place to stay um nice food and just providing me like fight where so i can train so he literally like hooked me up like real good and for me was 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 kind of easy to to do this just transition from Brazil to USA because they they were there to support me you know what I mean but if I had to do this on my own that was kind of kind of rough yeah. but um, but before this I I was living in Dallas in California before but just like I come to compete I stay for three months two months and then go back to Brazil and always staying like in, in different places with the place that I stayed there the most was in Brea. Um, in California, um, and there was um, that was kind of rough too. But at the same time, there's, there was when I got together with all the the Cicero Costa guys. They always went there to to train. Yeah. So that was kind of rough. But I learned English over there, and then when I come when I came to Texas, I already knew a little bit of, of English, and then was a little easier to understand the people, to to get in contact with the people, and and Hiba could help me a lot. He and actually helped me a lot with the, the that transition. So it wasn't that hard. It wasn't that hard. And I and I, I like English. I like the people here. I like like the way you guys work, the way the, how the rules is 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 uh, you know is followed by, by you guys. And I think it's a country that that I did a good choice to be here. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad that you got that opportunity and that Hebamar was able to help you. Everything I've heard about him is awesome. I definitely want to have him on the podcast at some point too. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he'd be great. He's such a great guy. Um, do you want to talk about, cause you mentioned your gym now is under Rodrigo Pinheiro, his association. So do you want to talk about that relationship as well? How you kind of met Rodrigo and got involved with his association? Yeah, sure. So, uh, everything was through Hiba and Nachi. I came here just knowing more Nachi because me and Nachi, like she's a girl, I'm a very light guy. So we used to train a lot together, like turning yeah. up for drills for like always, always the second row is, is me and her. And it's always a battle. Like she's tough. Yeah. I don't so see her tough. as like, like a girl, <laughs> like uh, go her to kill her, but is is never the same. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so um, I knew them and whenever I came here um, in San Antonio, they, they introduced me to Professor Rodrigo, which is an awesome guy, really. Is a the guy that works harder than everybody here. Like he he have what he have because he works hard, and him and his wife like accomplish everything by themselves. Like didn't have to get nothing from nobody. So that's definitely an example that I take from me. Yeah, for me, um, and 
whenever I, I told him, hey, man, I want to open up my own gym because I'm tired of, like, working for other people's and they get a credit and I, I'm the only one doing the work, but they get a credit, whatever. Or, you know, I, that's my dream to, to, to make champions, to make to, to get good students, to change people's life. Because that's what happens when you open up a gym. You see, like, people cutting weight and living better, people quitting smoking, people quitting drink, drinking and people changing lives, other other kids just growing up like in jiu-jitsu and competing and winning everything and telling me, professor, thanks so much for helping me. I had anxiety before. Now I don't have anymore. I wasn't social before. Now I, I can talk with people and all those things. So I I I told him that I want to, to open up and he support me with this. Um, and now I have a gym that's an hour from him. So I, I opened the gym. Um, by myself but i'm always going there to train with him like every day drive one hour <laughs> to, 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 to go train with him because i learned so much with him i i had a like let's say the new generation game already settled but my basic i start forgetting because once, once you learn and then you start okay coming with the warm guard during bolo all those those, those crap thing and then <laughs> And then you kind of forget a little bit your basic. But with Rodrigo, he can connect all that. So that was really important for me to uh, have this connection. You know what I mean? Rodrigo had been helping us a lot with this. Plus the, 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 the workout part. Like he's, he's really, really good at making us like work hard. So we don't, we're never going to see us like dying on, on the fight. You are yeah. going to see like, like fighting to the end. And that's how he is. And it was really, really good. Uh, for me having him as a like instructor like talking about jiu-jitsu and talking about life like the he's he works harder than everybody like he also a christian so he doesn't he doesn't he you don't see him doing like those bad stuff so always trying to to live like god's life and and he was an example for everybody like when 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 the covid happened uh dude he's Money wise, he's really good. He doesn't need to do <laughs> what he did, and to show us that we have to move on. We cannot just be there at home, just crossing your arms. He started doing DoorDash. Wow. He doesn't need to do DoorDash. He got <laughs> his truck. Wow. He went to do DoorDash to show us, you know, lead by example, that we have to to do something. You know what I mean? So, look like. He's a, he's, he's a real black belt. He showed us example like inside of the mat and outside of the mat, how to be like uh, a good person, how to be like the best one. And if you want to be the best one, like Nazi won her worlds like with him, Hiba won her world with him. You know what I mean? He's, uh, he's creating champions little by little and just, just quiet. He just go, he does his work. He, he make us like work hard, as hard as we can. And if you want to be a champion, we will be. Because he's there to to provide for us, but if we don't, that's okay. Yeah, that's that's amazing. You talked about like how he helped you with like your basics with jujitsu, but also all the stuff off the mat. And I think that's something. Yeah. I, I recently wrote an article where Guy Mendez did an interview with my friend, and he talked yeah, about how I don't know if you saw it, maybe you did. Um, but yeah, he talked about how like just being a world champion isn't gonna really change your life. Like you have to have everything yeah. off the mat sorted out as well. So, like, what are some of the things he helped you with, with like, business-wise or with your academy that really, really helped you um, with your transition to being an academy owner? Yeah, I saw that uh, the interview, too. Like, he said uh, about, like, being a champion is easy. And, and Nachi, for example, she already won seven times. 
and I like weight division, open class, right? So, it, and for her, when we used to go to Bible study, whatever, she she always said like, uh, I don't, I don't want, I don't see the the word the the word titles like a, like a big deal now. And I said, I told her like, ah, oh, you telling me this now because you already won, but for me they didn't they never win. It's kind of important. But now, even that I don't, I didn't win yet. I see that really, uh, like not that big deal. Is a dream that I want to come true? I want, is it something? Is it my goal that I want to accomplish? But um, it's not the biggest thing, you know what I mean. And he helped uh, Rodrigo helped me to see that as well, and also helped me to see other other stuffs in my life which is bigger than just a word title, you know what I mean. Like I said, uh, how I can uh, touch in people's life. And, and like having a gym, and for example, I can help my family with with uh, with my gym. So he's trying to help me, uh, like you know, do the right thing on my life, taking right decisions, uh, so I can start helping my family, start helping people. Like Hiba helped me, right? Hiba brought me from Brazil. He hooked me up with a house, with food, with training, whatever. I can do the same thing. So they are trying to show me, like how to do this, you know what I mean? How to be a better person, not just to be a champion. To be a champion is kind of easy. Everybody there can can help me to do this, you know what I mean? Have a lot of people that can help me um, be a champion or, you know, just make me train hard. And I'm also a hard worker. So I, whatever you tell me to do, I will, I'm, I'm going to do it. I had no problem with this. That's easy. But, that's, but changing your life, touching your life to make sure you change it, people's life that's a that's a hard work that's a that's something different and and thank god i can see this on them you know i feel like i'm in the right spot i don't need anything else i just need those guys to help me out and god in my life that I can change people's life or you know just do a just do the better for for other people's yeah that's amazing and i feel like sometimes you'll see kids when they're young like they just want to be a world champion they put like all their eggs in that basket and then they reach a yeah. certain age and they're like, okay, well, now I have bills. I have other stuff to think about. So, like, what advice would you give someone who's maybe, like, 16 or 17? They want to be a world champion. That's, like, their main goal. But maybe they're not thinking about all the stuff off the mat. Is there anything you would you would tell them to kind of help them yeah. prepare for that moment? So, I was like this. When I was with Cicero Costa, I, I didn't care about money. I didn't care about anything. I just wanted to, to get a title. So, I was there living on a mat eating whatever and just to get to train if i had money enough to get my 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 train ticket and go to train and come back and eat whatever and sleep and do the same thing the next day i was good you know what i mean i was just chasing that 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 title uh but now like like i said i was I want to help my family. I want to bring my family to USA. I want to give them a good life. I want to, like, my friends in Brazil struggling with all this, all the, like, is everything so expensive? They don't have opportunity for sponsors. They don't, they don't have this. You know what I mean? Look at you guys. You guys are talking to me. Like, I always saw you guys out there, like, talking to people and, and, and doing all this, this nice work. I want them to have the same thing as well. You know what I mean? So, Yes, you have to chase your dream. You have to go go after your 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 medal. That's something that's gonna keep you keep you on going, keep you like moving forward and training hard and, and and hustling for what you want. But have so much more. If you can reach out for somebody else, you know, and just trying to bring them with you, I think that's gonna be my advice. Don't try to go by yourself. Try to stick with the team. Stick with some people that brings you up, so you can extend your hand and bring somebody with you too. It's not just 
just you. It's not just don't be too selfish. Sometimes you have to be like when you're an athlete, you got to be kind of selfish, thinking on you to get there and do your work. But um, at the same time, you have to keep looking your side, look back sometimes, bring those that it's kind of like uh, not motivated enough, you know, bring them up and just just carry your team, carry your friends with you. Not just don't go just by yourself. That's amazing advice because you hear that so often. People say like being a competitor is a selfish endeavor, but you're saying like, no, start thinking about the people around you and your friends earlier on because you're all going to kind of grow together. Is that, is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like I had a bunch of friends with me. They, they like on the house, the athletes house, we all had the same dream. We all want to win the same tournament. We all want to, you know, to train together, to eat the best and do, but we couldn't. But sometimes one per one pe- one one of us has have one opportunity, and we can't let it go. So we take that opportunity. But what about the the other ones that didn't had an opportunity? You know, so they stay there, and it's kind of sad because we look back and see your friends was living the dream with you. They're they're helping you. Like most of the time, I didn't have nothing to eat, and my friends that doesn't have the opportunity that I have today, they gave me food. You know, what I mean, they gave their their ghee. Like how many times the uh, Talison gave me food, like Talison Soares. How many times they, they helped me out with, with a sponsor? They had a sponsor. They tried to hook me up with a sponsor, like get me in contact with them so I can have a geese to, to sell the geese, to resell the geese and make money from me. Like how many times they did this? You know what I mean? So they, they were trying to help people. They, they're not just like selfish going by themselves. They tried to help, to help people. And that's what I'm trying to do now. Now, thank God I just got my apartment. I moved here like three three or four weeks ago, and I, I just have one bedroom, but I have a living room. I'm trying to bring somebody here so they can, you know, uh, do the do cane for for pans. Uh, so people that, you know, that's trying to come up to come up here in USA, but they don't have where to stay. I'm trying to, to help them out with this, with training, with eventually food. I don't know. You know what I mean, so stuff like this. That's awesome. That's really inspiring. It's really cool to hear that that's like a big part of your focus. So um, that's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Um, so yeah, I wanted I to pivot. To like oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I was helped like this. I, I, I yeah, you were helped like this. Somebody, yeah. Yeah. Because somebody helped me. You know what I mean? So it's easy. My whole life, if you look back on my life, everybody's like, everybody around me, they're trying to help me. Like this guy, he wants to do this. This guy wants to do that. So I got, I got the help that I needed to be here now. So that, I think that's just just something they have to pay back, you know what I mean? And I, I feel good doing this. When you see somebody that you helped and they, they achieve, they, they, they accomplish their dreams or they accomplish their goals because you have a little percentage, percentage uh, on, on that thing, that, that kind of like motivates you to do more and more, you know? Yeah, so. yeah that's awesome. That's awesome. I, I feel like the mindset that you have and that your te- everyone on your team has is really going to bring you guys really far. And we're going to see a lot of champions come out of Rodrigo Pinheiro for sure. Yeah, soon. <laughs> That's awesome. So I want to pivot a little bit and talk about, like, specifically about um, your jiu-jitsu. And uh, mm-hmm. you're known as, like, one of the guys who has, like, one of the best guards in the division. Like, it's really hard to pass your guard, and you get a lot of submissions from there. So, like, what are some of the, the tips that you would give to people coming up who want to build, like, a strong guard game like you have? So um, I, I, started, I started playing guard just, uh, like, random, randomly. Just, I know, I see, for example... At that time, I had uh, 
uh, the Umiyah brothers training with me and they they did a lot of burn bolo, right? So I was trying to do burn bolo and then I see Thiago, Bas, Thiago, Thiago Barros passing the guard and then Iago Jord passing the guard and and I would say, okay, if I can use that burn bolo thing with Umiyah brothers and trying to defend those guys and if I can really defend them, like, I would do great. And I, I was just kind of jumping steps all the time. So if... Uh, if you guys can just like um, not make a schedule, but I have I have I have three steps that I that I use for for my for, for my guard, and then I was teaching this on, on the on the course that I did. The first one, you just have a control. So whatever guard you're planning to do, like if you do half guard, butterfly, close guard, whatever whatever guard you have, just stick with the control first. Let's think think with yourself. Nobody will pass my guard. I don't want to sweep them. I don't want to submit them. I just want to control them. Of course, no stalling, but like control them. Make sure nobody's passing your guard. Have a good right guard retention. You're safe there. You have availability to, to attack there, here and there, but nobody's passing your guard. I think that's going to be the first step. Whenever nobody's passing, you have a good control. You know what is going on. I think that's a good point. Second, Second step is when you start doing some attempts. You, I don't know, you, you like half guard. So you start getting you, your underhook, going for the right spot, going, going for, for the sweeps. You see some, um, some uh, sweeps already like easy there for you. If you like the lahiva, you see you're, you're, you're putting the guy on the ground all the time. You're having good control. And most of this is just a control, right? Like you just control the guy really good. And whenever you have a good control, you see like you can sweep them sometimes with are doing good attempts. That's when you can start uh, attacking your submissions. Because I see a lot of people trying to, like they don't have a control and they try to submit the guy and they ended up like losing that half control that he had and the guy passed the guard and they, are, they have to struggle recovering, whatever. So I try to play simple. My guard, Lasso and Spider, and the shallow Lasso Spider, I just... I just want to control them, which is which is hard for them too because they're trying to pass the guard. They're trying, so they're getting tired. And whenever they, they're a little bit tired, and then because I have the control, I start looking for my attempts. And also give me time to do my strategy. For example, I have 10 minutes round. I'm not going to you know, expose myself in the first minute unless I see like it's too easy. So I just boom, 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 finish. And okay, next, go to the next one. But on my level, it's no easy fight. So you got to make a good strategy, um, save your energy, use your energy on the right time. So when you have a good control, you have time to think about all this. But um, what happens if you don't have a good control? You're always thinking about like recover, oh my God, surviving, surviving, surviving. You don't get to do your own game. You don't get to do you. You know what I mean? But so that's what I, that's what I think. Like if you have a good control, you can have time to rest. So you save energy. You don't commit as much mistakes. Because sometimes it happens, right? Like you try, I don't know, I'm going to attempt that. So you try to do the sweep and it doesn't work, but you can recover real quick. You know what I mean? It happens yeah. and it's okay. Um, but you don't do this this very, very often, you know? And if you have a good control, don't, the guy is, is freaking out to pass your guard. He's going to commit a mistake. He has to open up himself to pass your guard. That's when you start doing your submissions. That's when you start sweeping or going ahead in them because they don't know how to pass. So I, I think following those three steps in whatever guard you're doing is going gonna, is gonna to help you to put everything in place. And even in your training, I think it's going to be easier for you to train. You know, like, okay, I'm, I'm on the stage one yet. 
I'm going to stick with my control like this whole month or I don't know, two months, three months. We, we don't train like for, for a year, right? So we don't have to divide in 12 months. We, we divide this for life. So take your time, do your, do, your, do your first step, make sure you have a good control. Don't give up because people will pass your guard. But, you know, just keep training, keep, keep looking what, what you're doing. When, when I'm going to fight, I try to watch my videos to see uh, I could get better in this, this and that. So you try to fix that first step whenever it's done. And, okay, now I'll go for the next one and next one, next one. When you have a good guard, okay, now let's move on. Now let's try to do the same thing on top. You know what I mean? I have a good base. Nobody's going to sweep me. I don't want to pass. I don't want to get submitted. But nobody will sweep me. So that's the same thing. You know what I mean? You have a good control. And then you start attempting some passes. And then whenever you're, ready, you're passing, you have a good base, maybe you can start working some submissions from the top. I think that's how I, I, I plan myself to train. And same thing when you're standing, like the judo throws, whatever. I, I stand up with Fabrice Andre. He's a black belt in judo. He couldn't take yeah. me down. You know, that was pretty, pretty good for me for a, a guard player. You know what I mean? And because I've been training like this, I, I plan myself to stand up and, and don't get thrown on the ground. So, um, and, and that's the thing, that's the other thing that I helped me with, the, with the, my gym. Because I'm teaching for, for people that's not my body type. I teach, mm-hmm. teaching for people that's really, really big. Like, and where I train is a, like have a lot of ranchers. So they're really, really strong. Yeah. So I have to, to teach them how to pass the guards, mash pass, under over, how to take them, how to do the takedowns and all that. I can just not be teaching how to do burn bowl. You know what <laughs> I mean? they, they can't do burn bowl. So I got to <laughs> go from there. So I think if you plan yourself, it helps you to... Um, to do everything that you want to do, uh, following those three steps, having control and then do a couple of attempts. And then whenever you have those two, you can start doing your, your submissions. That's awesome. That's great advice. I like how you related it to the top game too, like starting with your base. That's like your control from bottom. Um, so you mentioned your course. I think you said it was called point zero. So it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like point zero would be like starting with your control, starting with the first thing. So um, can yeah. you talk a little bit about filming that course and like what your goal with that course was when you started filming it? So, um, first of all, I, um, I got in contact with Vinny cause we already trained before and he's a light, uh, light feather, light feather guy. Really good. He, he, he fought really good actually this, this world too. Um, and he saw on me a different, a different way to think about guard. Like, like I said, some people, they don't have a good control, but they have a really good attack, which is weird. They, they start a fight and you start attacking, attacking, attacking. But if you can switch this, you can beat them because because they don't have a good defense, they don't have a, a good control of the fight. So if they're not in in attack, they 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 forget. They don't know what to do. And I am the opposite. I have a good control, and I I whenever I have the opportunity, I can attack them. Um, so on this course, I talk about like how do, how do I how do I start the the fight, and also. Um, how can I be without grips? That, that's what the point zero means. When you're there in your back with no grips at all, just with your feet up and your no hands like this, how do I approach them? What is the first grips? What is, uh, how, how I have to, to behave myself to, to start a control without getting my guard pass? Um, and also because it's, Cause point zero, I literally can go for everywhere. I can go for a De La Hiva guard. I can go for a half guard. I can go for a close guard, for a lasso spider. I can go for everywhere because there is a point zero. If I have a good control on that point zero, 
I can, you know, just go for, for the guard that I want. But if I don't, or just have one way that to go, or the guy's going to pass my guard. So that's what I talk about on, on, a, on the course, is just how to behave without grips, what to do when the guy does something, all the action and reaction, and what is my first grip, my, uh, personally, what, what is my, my first grip to, uh, to go for it, what I do when I, when I start a fight, um, what is my thoughts when, I, when I'm playing guard. I think it's really, really personal and something that I do. And if you see the course and you watch my fights, you see everything connecting. It will make more sense now because it has a basic. You know, it's not just come up like this. I, I, I made this and, and I'm now I'm trying to teach you guys. That's cool. I, I really like the concept of starting with no grips. That's something that I struggle with a lot is like when I don't have grips, like how to make that first grip is always a challenge for me personally. But yeah, I think that's cool because I, I haven't seen a lot of instructionals with that, um, trying to teach that concept. I feel like that's pretty unique. Yeah, Usually it's like have... here's a De La Hiva course or here's a Spider-Guard course, but not like here's point zero, how you get to your grip, how do you get to your guard from nothing. Yeah, yeah, and all the, the guard retentions uh, after you have already your your my last spider, you know, when mm -hmm. the guy is here, you lasso him and he just palm his hand outside. What is the, the right reaction to recover that without losing control? Because I could mm -hmm. just like let go, do a next one, maybe a color is leaving the other side, whatever, just yeah. just to try to to change that, right? He he killed my lasso, so I go for something else. No, I like lasso spider. That's my thing. You're gonna play my game. You're gonna do my you, you're gonna do my game. You know, I don't wanna play your game. You know what I mean? So how do I recover that? How do you know how do I keep playing my game with the once again with the control, not just like being spazzy, just losing control and getting tired, committing mistakes. How do I how do you fix everything? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. So do you have plans to do other instructionals? Are you gonna kinda of see how this how people receive this one and how they react to it? Or do you already have plans yeah, for putting I'm out gonna, more? I'm gonna do um more more positions. I'm gonna put more positions on this platform, the BGJ training online. But um of course you have more opportunities to do other courses, I'll, I would do it. But uh, I, I really want to, to work on this point zero now. I want to show them what is, what, how do I think in, how do I think it on my guard and what, why, is, why is different than the others, you know what I mean? Because honestly, if you turn it on your Instagram and YouTube, you can, you can learn a lot from there, you know what I mean? But I never saw, like I said, I never saw nothing like this. I always see positions. I always see like when you already have the grip, when you, when you already have some, some control. But what if you don't have control? How do you approach that person? How do you, you know, how do you start a fight? And, and the most important thing, how do you start without committing mistakes? Because it's always hard to start a fight. You shake hands, you, okay, what I'm going to do? You know? So that's the beginning of the fight there. It's really, really, really important. Once you start a fight correctly, it's, 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 uh, I think it's already half the fight good for you. But when you start like, uh, I don't know, in a bad position, a bad situation, it's really hard to catch up. Yeah. Yeah, especially against a world-class black belt, someone on your level. <laughs> yeah. So that's, yeah. the course is called Point Zero. It's uh, BJJTrainingOnline.com is where you can find it. So definitely check it out. I know I'm going to check it out. That's a really cool topic. <laughs> and I need, to, I need to get a lot better at that. So I need to watch it. <laughs> so yeah. I want to talk a little bit about um, 2022. And uh, obviously, we just, the new year just passed. So 
Um, usually with the new year comes new goals and like new plans. So what are some of the things that you're planning on for 2022? Let's start maybe just like competition wise for yourself. So on competition, I, I already signed up for, for pants. Um, um, and I will be competing some uh, opens just to get better in ranking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't first and I stopped competing a little bit. So now I'm second on my fellow on the featherweight division. And I, I got the, uh, I got ninth in ranking and overall, so I want to get better in this. Eventually, get first this year, so I will be competing a lot more. This one, I will be competing a lot more also in the the AGP tour to mm-hmm. make get some some money over there. I, I like the the style they're competing, like six minutes round. It, it pushes me to go a little harder, it get out of my strategy. Like I said, for ten minutes, I play myself in ten minutes. This is gonna be a different strategy. And I'm trained different too. I'm training my top game a lot more, my takedowns a lot more. So it's gonna be like a, a new year, a new richer, uh, like training, training as well. Um, but definitely this year I'll do. Last year because I was opening my gym and moving, moving houses, moving, moving like team, whatever. It was kind of everything new, but now, thank God, I have everything settled. I have my house, I have my car, I have my gym, I have my stuff, so I can play myself a lot better to go to June Worlds and just win the title. So I really, I really want to win the title. Um, so I, I will do everything that I have to to win this title this year, and that's my main goal. But I can, I can just go there and fight one tournament. So I'll be fighting very often to get the, the timing of the competition, that, that exciting, we're going to, you know, um, try to, to be that exciting a little bit better because, man, I compete a lot, but yeah. every time that I compete, it's the same thing, same thing. It's just that anxiety, that butterfly, that adrenaline coming on. It's, it's hard to, um, to control that, but I'll, I'll, I'll do a, a different this year, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I, I really like how you are trying to like become number one in the ranking because like you mentioned in the introduction, I introduced you as the current number two featherweight, but for a long time in 2021, you were number one. So I think it yeah. just changed after the worlds, right? After Fabricio won. Yeah, I, I didn't check it. So I, I trusted your, your word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he jumped yeah, but, to one. Yeah, but I didn't compete for a while. I didn't yeah. compete for a while. So I think it's, um, it's it's natural people are still competing they're still winning and, and getting points there is just points and i don't want to be just uh like one time uh the the number one i want to stay mm-hmm. there which is the 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 hardest part like stay at number one yeah. like the consistency of winning and i want to do this i want to be very consistent in going everywhere and trying to to fight everybody and win everybody and like every time, I think that's going to be my goal for 2022. That's amazing. So do you want to talk about your goals for uh, for your academy as well? I know you mentioned it's a new academy, so I'm sure you have a lot of plans and goals for your students. Yeah. <laughs> so I have I have a bunch of white belts, man. So, yeah. But I see potential in some of them. And I got friends coming over to visit me. So I want to, uh, like I said, I want to try to help them out, maybe open my gym so they can do the campaign or or stuff like this. If you guys, uh, if somebody wants to come up here, like to work or something, uh, I might have some spot for you, for somebody to come and work. Um, but with my students, I have a couple of like teenagers. They they're doing pretty good. 
So I want to put them uh, on the on those super fights so they can start just just fighting, getting getting better in competition wise. Yeah. And also, uh, I want to don't have don't have to. I will drive an hour to go to Rodrigo, but I don't want don't have to. I want to stay in my gym and train with my students, make them my 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 like my training. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. gonna be. It's been my goal since I opened. I think it's already like six six or seven months that we were open, and and now I I start sweating. Before I didn't sweat with them. <laughs> I just like you know, so go there, do my class, train with them, just get out dry. Yeah. And then, no, now, now my gi, my, my gi is getting wet. I'm, I'm training. I'm actually working out with them. They're enjoying a lot more uh, training. They're understanding a little bit more about about like the jiu-jitsu community and, and everything. Now they know that I that I'm like the number two in the ranking. That now they know a little bit more. But before I was just a professor, Richard, the guy that teaches him the stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I want to introduce them more about the jiu-jitsu community, which is awesome. Like get them in touch with the with the people. Like get them to know like uh, like who's full of grappling, who's open yeah. guard. You know, like mm. just just talking, just introduce them to the to the community because it's from using the jujitsu. I got to to meet like great people. I learn English and Spanish. I travel around the world. I think that's pretty cool. I think yeah. th- those kids that that. That's starting over here because it's in USA. They have a better opportunity money-wise. They they can reach a lot further than me. You know what I mean? So I'm imagining what they can do with a good training and and a good instructor and of course with the good parents. Like I can't afford them to to go around. So I think that's gonna be my goal. Because if I tell them to to eat this, they will eat this. If I tell them to train like this, they will train like this. So I think it's it's gonna be good for them, especially for the for those teenagers. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I love uh, love that you opened your school. I think you're going to be an amazing leader for your students. It's really cool to hear about your background and and just to promote all the success that you've had, like reaching that number one ranking. I'm really excited to watch you try and get back there this year. So thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. You know, of course. No, thank you guys for, for opening space for me to talk about me. I, I think I... It, uh, I hope I can inspire somebody to try to do the same or even better and and as I think not much people know about me, but I'm trying to put myself out there now. And thank you all for, for spreading uh, this, this, uh, this good work that I've been trying to show them. Yeah, definitely. We definitely want to have you back on at some point. Um, Jake would definitely hopefully be joining us. Um, I know he couldn't make it today, but he tries to make as many as he can. So definitely for the next one, we'll get Jake <laughs> back on when we get you back on. Cool. Um, so do you have any sponsors or anyone you just want to thank before we wrap it up? Yeah, so I'm with um, uh, Hispeta. Hispeta is a brand that Marcio Andrea, he, 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 uh, he's coming up with this new brand right there. They're, they're helping me out with, with this brand, which is a, it's actually really, really nice key, really nice brand. Yeah. And they, they're supporting, giving all the support that I need on the fight tour. So I want to thank them for, for believing my work. And I hope this, uh, this brand go up and everybody start using this. But um, and thanking my team. Thank God for for all the blessings they put in my life. And uh, uh, I hope that 2022 is going to be a, a good year for everybody out there. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Richard. I really appreciate your time. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And we will see you guys all soon for another episode. Take care. Yes, sir. Thank you.